Um, so I'm going to go off script here a little bit. Yeah, that's right. I go off script, throw him a little curveball, you know, once in a while. Are you nervous? Are you excited? I don't know. We just, I'm not sure. Where do we go? You're going to love it anyways. Good morning and welcome to episode 77, part two of my interview with Paul and Andrea Tatro from Tatro in Winnipeg, Manitoba. During this part two, we get right into a talk about diversity in the workplace right in the beginning and their thoughts on that, their view on that. We also get into the stories, the real nitty gritty stuff from Paul and Andrea. They talk about entering the workforce in the early 90s, right around the time where design tools were starting to change from what they just learned in school to something totally new, kind of like a, why did we go to school and learn all those things? They had to learn it again. They talk about the most challenging time in their design careers together, quitting their jobs, starting an agency, having kids, getting married, finding a studio space, all in like a crazy tight time span. Nuts. Just nuts. So they tell us what that was like. We talk about making clients cry, make them weep. Not in a bad way, but in a really, really good way. That's the golden ticket. If they love what you have done so much that it brings a tear to their eye, boom, winning. We also talk about leaving the world a little bit better than you found it. Just taking care of your corner of the world. Make it a little bit better. And a whole bunch more, of course. So ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry I'm talking again. Still too much. Here we go into the episode. Paul and Andrea Tatro. Here we go. Welcome to the Quickie Podcast, the daily interview show where we talk to graphic designers about their journey to the creative field, and we do it in 30 minutes or less. So, are you ready for a Quickie? Um, So, I'm going to go off script here a little bit. Um, I wanted to ask a different question that really came to mind um, when you, Andrea, were talking about a little bit about women in design. Um, And I wanted to ask you both as agency principals, how you are promoting diversity and equality and all of the things that are going on in this new world within your agency. How does that, how do you make that a part of your business? Um, You know, I think I'd love to say that it's been a conscious effort, but um, I think just by the nature of who we are, that we're already a bit of a of a mix. Um, you know, we're certainly sensitive to um, the male female thing. Uh, we're not going to pay the male employees more, than <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> um, but I think that our our team has always been quite diverse. And you know, it, it kind of it still boggles me that you even have to have to say this, but we would never not hire someone because of you know their religion or their race or mm-hmm. their sexual orientation or or anything like that. Um, and the fact that 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 even exists um, anymore, you know, is hard to even believe. But well, and especially just the way that we've grown our company, it's 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 all based on on the merit, the merit of what you bring to. Mm-hmm. 
to the deliverables yeah. you know, day in and day out. So like at any given time, like right now we have a team uh, of nine. Uh, I think four of those nine were not born in Canada. They were born in other countries. Mm-hmm. Uh, two of them are gay. Uh, we've got a mix of men and women. Um, and it's just, you and know, you don't even, you don't really think about it. It's just and like over the course of 20 years, it's, it's been all, yeah. It's, yeah. So I, I don't know. And yeah, it's never been a conscious thing. We're not going to. So yeah. well, like, I, I think it, it sometimes it, it may surface from time to time if you're dealing with, you know, a certain supplier or a certain client that maybe their, their, you know, their perspectives or thinking might not be uh, where we're at. But even that, I would say, is somewhat infrequent. Yeah, I don't think, yeah, I don't think we've ever had an issue where like a client has said, well, I'm not going to work with that person. I'm not going to work with that person or, or a staff member say, say something like that. It's just been so, and you know, maybe it's because we're just, you know, we're creatives, right? So we're very, I mean, I think just by nature, liberal minded. And so, yeah. So with that said, then there's, you know, part of your, the core of your beliefs as principles is why, why is diversity and equality even a conversation that just should just be how it is. Um, do you feel though that it's beneficial it's good for business to be diverse oh absolutely i mean i think it's good for for business it's good for our way of thinking to to bring these different perspectives Mm -hmm. i think that uh, the diversity of our team has been an asset um that we've um that we've tried to foster and try to um uh what's the word i'm looking for um well promote Mm-hmm. You know, we don't we we don't hide it certainly, and in fact, we see it as um, something that is is worth promoting because you know why wouldn't you want this, uh, especially with a creative team, with a problem solving team, with a communications team, to come from all of these different points of view mm-hmm. uh, um, when you're talking to an audience typically that comes from uh, you know sim- similarly diverse point of view. Gotcha. That's great. I love that. Sorry, I didn't mean to throw you a curveball. Yeah. Um, the next few questions I have for you take you down part of your career where you maybe made some mistakes, learned some lessons, and I want to really bring those stories out um, and share the lessons in that. Um, but I promise I turned it to a happy place at the end. Okay. So, um, Andrea, I'm going to start with you. What has been the most challenging time in your design career so far? Why was it challenging, and how did you get through it? Um, well, probably um, early on in my career, like right out of school, um, I made a move from Winnipeg, which is a you know medium-sized city or in the middle of Canada that I, where I grew up in the comfort of my family home. Mm-hmm. And I uh, I moved to Toronto to move uh, to work for an advertising agency. Uh, called Scott Thornley and Company. Mm-hmm. That would have been 1990. I was um, 19 years old. Um, I knew a couple of people out there, but really just like, you know, uh, you know, God bless the naive because I just left without giving it a thought. Um, and and it was a really difficult but exciting time. Uh, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. I was away from home. Uh, I wasn't making very much money. I was working like a dog. Like we worked so much overtime it was mm-hmm. ridiculous um 
But at the same time, and, and Paul would have this, you know, the same challenge, when we came out of school and started our careers, that was right around the time that paste-up and mechanicals were just not, were kind of starting to go the way of the dinosaur, and all of a sudden, our production method, our tool completely changed. Wow. So we had, we had spent all this time in school learning about, like, RubyLith and AmberLith and, and, you know, registration marks and gouache, and then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, okay, well, no, that stuff we're not using that stuff anymore. We're doing something completely different now. So, um, I mean, it was lucky that we had, you know, I think the last two weeks of school, they they brought in these little Macs that were like, you know, like this big. The little ones, <laughs> yeah. 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 And and we were just like, what the ass is this? Like, I can't, I can't <laughs> do anything with this. Um, but, you know, but coming out, like when I went to work for the agency in Toronto, I think the only reason I got that job is because I actually knew how to turn the thing on. They had this thing up on the mezzanine level. Nobody knew how to use it. Um, but I did. Uh, so one of my tests to to get the job was to recreate a layout um, uh, from Applied Arts. Just like, you know, headline, two columns of text, picture up at the top, very, very simple. Mm-hmm. But if I if I could recreate that on the on the computer screen, then I was hired. So so but but at the same time there was that there was that just huge change um, in in how things were done. Honestly, I didn't wasn't a big fan of computers. I thought it was silly, and, and suddenly it took us away from this like hands-on, tactile, making things kind of thing to like zombies sitting in front of a screen, which I hated. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really, I really struggled with my choices at that point um, because of you know just all the personal t- turmoil of being away from home, and then plus all of a sudden I just started this career in this in this uh, occupation that was just completely undergoing this massive transformation. So that, that was certainly one, and maybe I'll let, I'll talk about the our other one, because we share the other one. Yeah, the other one, the other one was probably more of a, a business scenario where we were doing a lot of uh, furniture work, like a lot of uh, design for uh, furniture retailer, mm-hmm. which, you know, presented a lot of nice, juicy design apples from time to time, but it quickly became apparent that, you know, this we were talking, this is capital A advertising, and it's all about selling sofas. And uh, and we, it was very lucrative and made us very busy and uh, allowed us to, to hire a number of people. But over the course of uh, a time, uh, there, there were some ultimatums uh, set down uh, before us, and it was Kind of like uh, you know some of the brands that they were uh, uh, wielding were great fits, and some of them just weren't. You know, they, they were going places that we just didn't want to go visually. And it was a it was an all or nothing ultimatum, which equated to about 50, 60 percent of our business. You know, coming in coming in through the door. Wow. And uh, it was it was a. Well, it was a, a tough and a, an easy answer. Uh, you know, we, we were going to figure out how to, you know, claw ourselves out of that hole. Mm-hmm. But uh, but we did, and uh, you know, I'm uh, I, I'm proud of the decision we made there, and uh, and I'm also very thankful that uh, there, there was uh, someone there just ready to take us on and uh, put us to work for. Uh, <laughs> For uh, a, a line of design that we were more inclined to, 
to, to fit with. Yeah, so, so basically the bottom line is we lost a really shitty client and got mm-hmm. a better one. That's, super that's awesome. But in the moment, and I'm assuming was, that was earlier on in the agency life or your yeah. studio life? Yeah, yeah, we're probably talking eight years in or so. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah it was terrifying. We thought that was going to be it. That we yeah, making done. a choice yeah. like that, it sounds um, like you came to the decision easy by following <laughs> your heart. But the bit, the the reality side of that is, well, that's X amount of dollars, and we need to spend X amount of dollars each month to keep this place running. Well, for so, sure, and it wasn't just us it. either. Yeah, we had we yeah. had staff. We're talking and about we were staff. Like, we're talking mm-hmm. about people's rent, food, mortgage, what have you. Yeah. So, yeah. and there's there's actually one more, and I thought it was the story that oh, you were going to tell me. But so, mm-hmm. I mean, when we got together and we started the business around the same time, like between 1990. Uh, seven. So '97, I left my job, uh, and '98 uh, we got married. Oh, '98 yeah, uh, we cool. also bought a house. '98 uh, uh, Paul left his job, um, and we got. And then in '99 we had our first child. So there was like. Well, and, and we got an office space. In and then an office space. Yeah. So there was like two two year period of time. That just like all of this major, major life stuff went down, and I, I can't even believe it. Like we look back on it now, like we both turned fifty this year, mm-hmm. and I look back on that now, and I, I would shatter into pieces if I tried to do yeah. all of that that stuff. Like I would just be an emotional wreck. So um, somehow, you know, we, we did it. Um, it wasn't easy. Um, and like, like I said before, maybe like oh. ignorance is bliss. Yeah, we didn't know better. We didn't know better. <laughs> but it was yeah. very, very Everybody must go time. through these struggles. So. Right. This is how life works, right? You Crazy. do everything at once. <laughs> yeah, I've got three young kids that we all had within, within three and a half years of one another. And oh, I right. bought a house at the same time. And I changed yeah. jobs in the middle of that. And so there's this like four and a half, five year stretch of our lives where my wife and I look at each other and we're like, we did stuff, but we don't really yeah. recall the, the day to day of it. Cause it was just, no. you're in it, you battle through and you get done. You get done. Yeah. Right. You get, somehow you come out on the other side and mm-hmm. just like, wow, what the hell just happened? <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to go now to a specific design or a project and you both might actually have the same answer for this. Um, a specific design or project that you were a part of that did not go well or bring the desired result. What was that like? How did that feel? Mm. Yeah. Uh, well, we have lots of those and, and we're obviously really conscious of not, not tattling on bad clients. For sure. But, uh, but there, there, there are some. And I think in general, um, without going into specifics, mm-hmm. You know, there's been, you know, probably a half dozen times over the course of the last 20 years that we've had clients come through here where it just became very apparent that they did not trust us, that they just, they didn't trust or respect our experience, um, our, our expertise, and, and as a result, um, they, they weren't really looking for anything other than, you know, somebody to move a mouse around for them, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, you know, by the time you sort of realize that, it's, it's kind of too late. You're already in bed with them. And then you just have to ride this awful storm out to the end. And, you know, you lose your, sh- you lose your shirt, you lose your dignity. And, you know, you just walk away from it defeated. And, you feel little. Oh, it's just gross, you know. Mm-hmm. And, 
but but thankfully those have been and, and I think you know it's maybe in some ways it's good every so often to have that happen because it reminds you of how great some of your other clients are who and you're reminded of the difference mm-hmm. because we do have clients that we've had for like 20 years um, and there's just there's a friendship there's a relationship there's a trust and a mutual understanding and respect that that I think that isn't that, that we can maybe take for granted uh, sometimes. Well, and, and, and plus, I think with that time, it comes experience to learn how to get out of those situations more gracefully. As, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, that's as, true. As we move along. Yeah, because mm-hmm. now I think we've got the you know we've got the benefit um, and the luxury of you know having enough experience to have gone through a couple of those things uh, you know over the years and go oh this this kind of smells like that when well, we should mm-hmm. we should just walk away and and having enough work that that we have the luxury to to walk away from things that that smell bad to us Mm -hmm. uh because you know i think we've we've, uh, probably dipped into a little bit of everything yeah yeah and at the same time i i think we're very um what's the word uh, respectful to those situations because i i would say 95 percent of our work is is referral or Mm -hmm. if it's a pivot off of you know, great, great people and great individuals uh, or, uh, or instances. And, uh, and yeah, I, I think it's just finding the, a nice, classy way to exit out of those bad situations. Yeah. 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 So you save face, don't burn bridges because word gets around. Yeah, it does for sure. And, you know, I don't know what it's like in, in bigger cities, but here, yeah, reputation is everything. Like you can't, like everybody knows everybody. I don't think it's, any uh, city is big enough to avoid yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, it's probably true. <laughs> okay, I'm going to turn this bus around now and I want to hear some happy stuff. All so right. tell us about a project that you've been a part of that you're the most proud of, one that just makes your heart sing. Let's see. Oh, well, you know, there's there's lots of different ones, and man, it's it's really hard to, to pull pull one out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're we're lucky that we get to do a lot of those, like just you know, dream designer boutique projects. Uh, you know, whether it's beer labels or gig posters for or or, or the jazz festival or, or stamps for Canada Post or uh, one thing that just comes to mind is. Well, even just hearing from a client that, you know, you've done something and you made them cry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that's we like, love to make that's like cry. you're like, yes. <laughs> you terrible. know, because you, you, you just you broadsided them emotionally and they're, they're just so, uh, they're just so happy or touched by the result. And it just goes to show that whatever honesty you put into the project, it was, you know, it, it resonated. So. That's like the agency. That's your studio slogan. Make make them. Weep. <laughs> yes, that's right. Make, yeah, design till they cry. <laughs> make them weep. <laughs> that's great. You know when you can really light up a client's world um, just by hitting the mark so well um, yeah. that you speak directly to their heart and touch part of you know their world that they didn't even expect you to reach. Um, that would be so empowering. Yeah. yeah, and you know, and I think we're we're lucky too that that a lot of the the work that we've been able to do over the years is is stuff that's that's pretty feel good. And and you know, we talked about this furniture client way back in the day that we were like, you know, 
buy one, save uh, price, you know, it was like terrible stuff. Um, so now, you know, we have this, um, this mix of clients and this kind of project that is kind of a sweet spot for us where, where it's still a paying client, um, and, you know, and not, not necessarily always, we do a lot of pro bono work as well, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, we've done work for, you know, Cancer Care Manitoba, um, and a lot of work we did there was about, like, Telling people to get screened for for, for you know uh, for advanced um, you know signs of cancer mm-hmm. and uh, you know what what to do when you get diagnosed how to navigate the system I mean it's not super sexy work but mm-hmm. it's it's work that you know makes a difference um, we did a campaign for the local transplant plant, uh, like organ and tissue mm-hmm. transplant uh, organization here in Manitoba. Um, and again, a little thing, it was this sleepy little organization, you know, everybody had these little blue cards that you stuck in your wallet, and it was just, it was kind of a system that, that wasn't really working very well. So you would write down, yes, I'm going to get my organs in the event of whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, half the times people, people didn't carry them, or the first responders didn't find the cards or whatever, so they were in, introducing uh, an online registry. But nobody knew about it. It had been out for years, and nobody knew about it. Mm-hmm. And so we worked with that client to to offer some branding and and campaign materials. And suddenly, that online registry just went through the roof. Like so, those those um, numbers are exponential, and and that's an actual hard number that you can see coming. And and again, it's not the sexiest stuff in the world, but you know, to think that maybe in some small way you've done something that could make a difference. In someone's life, mm-hmm. um, I mean that's pretty heady stuff, I and mean, we would never take all the credit for for something no, like that. No. But just being part of something, being able to, to you know, it's just um, my grandfather-in-law, my wife's grandpa, has this saying, and I can't remember where he picked it up. He picked it up from somewhere, but um, leave the world or the place you're going to, just leave it a little bit better than you found it. Yeah, that's yeah, the goal. For so sure. Things like he'll come over and he'll sweep our garage. Things like I never think of I, I don't have time to sweep the garage. But then the next time I'm in the garage, I'm like, damn, look at this. <laughs> this is nice. So you know, it's just like that. It's it's leaving the world or wherever you are a little bit better than you found it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's and like picking that sloop. It's like picking that sloop cup off the ground mm-hmm. off the sidewalk, yeah. even though you didn't put it there. Mm-hmm. Exactly. No, so, it's uh yeah, no, I think a lot of the work, um, we're really, really fortunate to to, um, to feel good about the work we do. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's still some of it that's commercial, but a lot of it isn't. It's, yeah. it's arts, it's sport, it's, you know, um, you know uh, healthcare, uh, nature. A lot of it is just to make you, make you smile, you know? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. So uh, going to a practical question now. What is one design product, tool, website, or community that you just can't live without? Oh, see, we, we went easy, like new school easy, and old school, school here. Yeah. <laughs> so, so the old school answer is uh, the Blackwing pink pencil. It should be on everybody's desk. It's a beautiful little pencil, beautiful little. We talked about earlier about how just some things just feel better. They just look better. And it just yeah. makes you look at every time you touch it. And, for me, it's that uh, it's those pencils. They're just uh, great, and and because we're still of the of the um, of the era that we we take like actual like handwritten notes and and do scribbles and doodles and, awesome. and roughs and thumbnails, um, which we've we've slowly come around to the fact that just you know n- newer younger designers just just don't work the same way. Mm-hmm. Like they, they they still do sometimes, and 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 many of the designers we hear 
have here are, are, are great artists and and uh, and love to doodle. Uh, Justin still does mm -hmm. uh, a lot of doodling, but um, uh, but uh, many of them they just go straight to the computer. And we used to be like, oh, don't do that. What are you doing? Like you're missing out on all this stuff. But that's just that's just how they work. They just work a lot faster that way. And and that's just how their minds work because that's that's just the area they've grown grown up in, and they're way more comfortable with that tool. Mm -hmm. But for for us, it's the yeah, it's the pencil. Um, as far as like websites and communities, I love um, like brand new under consideration. It's great for um, branded case studies. It's fantastic. Um, I'm a total Pinterest nerd. I'm embarrassed to say it's my dirty little secret, but I love <laughs> Pinterest. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll talk about uh, something. So. Yeah, I think uh, I think another one that's always been a uh, been a thread through our careers is just a graphic design society of Canada. Uh, it's put us in contact with uh, so many people locally, but also nationally. Like mm -hmm. we're, we're and internationally, and internationally. Yeah, yeah. I mean, actually, yeah, we've, we've kind of traveled a, a, a bit uh, with that. But uh, but yeah, it, it's just having these connection points of connection with people, you know, across the country. And uh, you know, I, I think social media covers a lot of that ground in this day and age. But just that occasional face-to-face -face, being able to you know have a beer with someone or have a chat and uh, you know sometimes it's just you know bitching about something about the industry or sometimes it's 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 not even design related at all but you just have this commonality mm -hmm. and you know whether it's folks in Vancouver or often we cross the border to Minnesota and design and uh, join the, the folks at the design camp down there in Minneapolis uh, and we have we have great friends there that we still kind of chat with online from time to time, just to, mm -hmm. just to keep in touch. Yeah, and as far as as far as tools go, I think I think maybe because of the era that we kind of came up in, uh, we've learned not to fall in love with our tools. Mm -hmm. Yeah, tools tools come and go, software come and goes. You know, Quark Express, Amberleth, yeah, whatever. Sure. It has nothing to do with the real result. Yeah, for sure. Well said, team. Now it's the time of the show. I'm going to wrap it up here with the ask it forward question. I have a question for you from my previous guest, and um, you get an opportunity to ask a question of my next guest. I'm not going to tell you who they are, but you can ask them anything. Okay. So my previous guest was Carly Fairbank. She's a freelance graphic designer uh, living in Kitsilano in Vancouver, BC. And she wanted to ask, what is your favorite animated movie? Oh, that's a good one. Okay, for me, the first one that came to mind was Ratatouille. <laughs> <laughs> that is not a common one, but so good. What's the one? Uh, the name escapes me. Bedside. Uh, it's the the cycling. Oh, oh, the one about the triplets of Bilbo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can't really remember that. <laughs> it's super weird, uh, but it's great. Yeah. <laughs> What the, triplets called? the Triplets of Belleville. I've never it's, even heard of it. Is it Canadian? I don't know. I'm not sure if it's Canadian. It's super weird. It's a cycling. It's a cycling, uh, it's a, it's a cycling uh, movie. It's an animated uh, uh, animated movie. It's, yeah, it's it's really lovely. It's charming and, and nice. weird. Yeah, arty. Yeah. Good pick, Paul. All right, guys. What's the question you'd like to ask of my next guest? Oh. Want to do this one? Yeah. Okay. 
Okay, so this question is, uh, if you could work with any designer, collaborate, work for, or yeah, be in the studio of any designer, uh, alive or dead, who would it be? I like it. I really and like why? It. <laughs> is yeah. that? Oh, and yeah. Has to be and why? Yeah, and why? Yeah, for sure. I love it. Oh, Tetro yeah. team, you made it to the end. Yes, awesome. That thank was you, great. Thank you so much for your time and being on the show today. It was incredible chatting with you. Oh, likewise. Well, thanks for the invitation. I really appreciate it. All right. Thank you so much, you guys, for listening to episode 77, the second part with Paul and Andrea Tatro. I really hope you enjoyed this interview. We got into some great topics. They shared some great stories, and I really enjoyed chatting with them. Thank you again, Tatro team. Thank you, listeners, for being here and spending part of your day here. Have an awesome day, and we'll see you tomorrow.